2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, good, good effort by our guys. Um, offensively, didn't pile up a ton of statistics, but we were effective in the red zone, 100% in the red zone, except for the uh, last drive, which uh, you know we weren't trying to score on that last drive, so really don't count that. So. Uh, perfect in the red zone. Defensively, they were uh, perfect in the red zone as well. I believe they were 0 for 3. Um, or no, no, more than that, 0 for 5, something like that. Anyways, a couple field goals, uh, turnover, and a uh, couple turnovers, and so a lot of good stuff. Uh, run defense in the first half was not great. Kind of soft, shored that up in the second half. Um, Cam played exceptionally well. Clark, obviously, played exceptionally well. Was the Walter Camp defensive player of the, of the week in the nation, so that that's a great <clears throat> honor for him. And like I said, Cam did a great job running the offense and uh, was extremely accurate, took care of the football. Zero turnovers, four takeaways, and uh, that really was the, the biggest stat in the game is, is a plus-four turnover margin. But, but uh, again, good, uh, good win. Oregon State is a good football team. And uh, our guys showed up and, and uh, made a bunch of plays, and that was the result. So now we're getting ready to prepare for the Bruins. Um, road trip, they're, they're playing extremely well, 5-0. and um, Playing with a lot of confidence. The quarterback is playing well. So it should be a good matchup. Great kickoff time, I think it's a 12.30 kick. And so it uh, should be, uh, like I said, a good Pac-12 contest. Questions? What do you got? we <coughs> Talking about not quite a fast enough start on offense? You always got something to complain about, Justin. Uh, <laughs> what uh, do yeah um, well the first series we were uh, we had four three and outs in the in the game which is too many I think we only had 11 possessions it's uh, you know the possessions are seem to get less and less I mean uh, 20 years ago you get 15 16 possessions a game and now it's it's much less than that but uh, you know we did uh not Start with you know with the scoring drive initially, but then we we uh, got it in the end zone. I think we had what 21 at half, and then uh, put uh, a few more points on the board in the second half. So so we'd like you know ideally we'd like to start you know with with touchdown drive right out of the gate. Uh, that hasn't happened many times this season, but, but we'll keep working on it and and uh, trying to get better. But again, you judge the game in its entirety, not in segments, and so uh, we just gotta you know try. Try to manufacture or simulate starting fast in practice, and hopefully that carries over to the games.
0: Kyle, you've been uh, very complimentary in the past um, of Dorian Thompson Robinson. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at film from one year to now, just what you've seen.
2: You can see him getting better and better. I mean, he's playing his best football right now. As far as you know, from my vantage point, uh, he's really uh, Chip has done a great job of developing him, and uh, he is really. Not that he was not good before, but he's really taken his game to another level and uh, seems to be very poised, um, makes plays, takes care of the ball. Uh, and again, he's a dual threat, which is the, the biggest uh, issue for us is his ability to, to run as well as throw the football. That's always a, a tough uh, tough calling for your defensive coordinator and a tough situation for your D when you've got a, a guy that can extend plays like he can. <clears throat> How much does playing for is Richardson help you for UCLA's Thompson Robinson? That does help. They're, they're similar um, as far as their style of play. Um, and, uh, you know, the Arizona State's guy was pretty athletic as well. So we faced some, some athletic quarterbacks this year. But that, that will be good preparation. And, and, uh, and uh, a lot of the things we learned in that game, hopefully, we can apply to this game.
1: We saw five down D linemen a mm-hmm. bunch against Oregon State. How did that gray out? Will we see more of it?
2: Good. It went well for us. Uh, we did a little bit the game before as well uh, against Arizona State, more so in this past game. And, uh, you know, you wanted your best 11 out there, and we've got uh, a defensive end group that we feel very good about. As we've mentioned before, we've got five guys that are getting a lot of playing time and uh, just makes you uh, more stout up front when you can have those five D linemen in there and also – with the ability of Jonah Ellis and Connor O'Toole and those guys to cover uh, tight ends on occasion when needed, that really gives you some flexibility. So that's something you'll continue to see, at least in the foreseeable future. On
0: the offensive line, you talked about maybe not getting enough push. How do you mm-hmm. kind of work on that from a week to week basis, knowing that that's kind of the impetus to help the running game?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Oregon State, their linebackers, I was very impressed with their linebackers. I think they're all conference guys. You know, those guys are. Are active and tough and really the problem that we had not only not getting the push as you mentioned but as I talked about after the game hitting the run-throughs you know they, they did a good job of triggering and run through the through their gaps and, and our eyes weren't in the right spot and, and not able to pick up those run-throughs and so uh, we got to do a better job coaching it and preparing our guys for that but uh, you know knocking people off the ball is, is uh, really where it starts that's the essence of Of having a physical offensive line is being able to knock people off the ball in the run game and uh, we just uh, for whatever reason are not living up to our uh, potential in that area I think so we got to just keep working on it and and, uh, uh, you know everything's a work in progress but that that in particular right now.
1: It was last week the best week from your wide receiving group? We talked about the need for them to emerge with Keithy out, and it seemed like they did.
2: Yeah, I would say without a doubt <coughs> Excuse me, that uh, they picked up the slack money. Parks made some plays. J.D., uh, Jalen Dixon only had two touches, but two touchdowns. Uh, Devon Bailey had a, a big game, uh, seven catches, almost 100 yards. And so, yeah, the short answer is they was uh, they did a good job of, of, of picking up that slack. Uh, we need to get Dalton Kincaid some more targets. I think he only had three catches, and that's uh, underutilization of him. He's a tremendous player, and so, so uh, we'll get him more involved.
1: Was that a result of what they were doing defensively? Because the week prior against USC, they were just taking away USC's best options, for, especially the first half. Did they do that with Dalton?
2: <coughs> Nothing special. You know, we just uh, got to target him more and, and uh, make him a little more featured in the offense. And uh, they, they didn't have any real uh, – Defense or structure that they hadn't shown before.
0: Uh, well, Kyle, when uh, when Jalen Dixon came <clears> to <throat> and said that he wanted to come back, mm-hmm. what was that conversation like? Like, what did you need to hear from him?
2: Well, I needed to hear that he was all in and that he had uh, got himself together and, and was in a good place uh, from a mental standpoint, and uh, that it wasn't just by default that he had nothing else, you know, going. You know, I, I needed to know that that he was. Uh, Sincerely and genuinely wanting to be a part of this football team and and uh, be a guy that would come in and be a great teammate, do whatever he's asked to do and and uh, play his role to the to the utmost of his ability and and that's what he expressed to me.
0: Had you ever encountered a situation where a guy hit the portal or a guy told you he was leaving and then wanted to come back?
2: Have that ever come across? I'm once or twice. I'm sure it has. Uh, I think Jay, Jayla might be the only guy that. Uh, Actually came back once he was in the portal. Like I can't say for certain. I'd have to, you know, recollect and re, you know, go through it all. But, but uh, that's a that's a very unique situation and something that, uh, you know, we don't, you know, just our policies. If you go in the portal, you're pretty much moving on.
1: You gave a lot of different running backs carries. It didn't seem like it really settled on anyone. Mm-hmm you talk about the offensive line problem but is there something the backs can do to help? Is there something you were looking
2: for from them? I think the backs did a pretty good job of taking what was there. Um, you know great backs when there's nothing there they still make three yards. I mean that's the, the distinction of a great running back is to be able to make more than what's blocked but uh, the, the main problem was just uh, people on our backfield. You know like I said whether it was a, a linebacker triggering or a defensive lineman slanting and popping through that was the main issue but but, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone can always do better and, and uh, be more effective. Cam was our best rusher on Saturday. I mean, that was, that was very evident. He went for about 75 yards and, and uh, made some really big uh, plays in the, with his legs for us. And that's, that's the advantage of a, a dual-threat guy. Cam is a dual threat and uh, faster than people think. And he's deceptively fast. And I don't think people, you know, until they play against him, don't, don't grasp that.
0: Following up on that, it seems like Mackay Bernard has been your most consistent and productive mm-hmm. back. Is there yep. a goal to get him more?
2: Yeah, we like to get uh, Makai involved as much as we can. Um, he's been a little banged up, uh, hasn't been 100%, but he's, he's a courageous kid and he's been out there and you're right, he has been our most consistent back and he's our best pass protector and uh, catches the ball out of the backfield, the very best of all the backs, so he's, he brings a lot to the table. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to uh, have him play a prominent role in the offense.
0: Can you expand on, give some insight on, like, how the offense had to adjust in the absence of Brand? I know, obviously, the tight end room mm-hmm. is still solid, but that's that's a guy who does a lot, right? In the backfield sometimes, the mm-hmm. jet sweeps you use with him. Jalen, Mackay, all those guys that are playing a part, but how do you feel the offense adjusted to, to his absence?
2: Pretty good. I think we uh, – like I said, made a concerted effort with uh, a number of guys to pick up that slack. Our personnel groups reflected that as well. We were in far less multiple tight end sets than we had been all season prior with Brandt. And the lead set uh, last week was 11 personnel, which which is a one tight end uh, set. But but Thomas Yasmin came in and contributed a little bit. Munir uh, McLean made a nice catch and run after catch. And, uh, you know, Logan... Uh, Logan, God, what's Logan's last? Kendall. Kendall. Yeah, Logan. I always get confused because he's got two first names. <laughs> Logan, Logan Kendall. Uh, yeah, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does the dirty work. He doesn't get a lot of catches, uh, but he is a, a very efficient blocker and uh, does a lot for us uh, in that capacity. Is,
0: is Tavian making the steps necessary to help him get back on the field mark?
2: Yep. So far, he's uh, he's been on track and and. Uh, Barring any setbacks this week, you should see him more and more uh, as the weeks go on. And, and uh, again, barring setbacks, you got to be consistent and you got to be accountable.
0: Kyle, you said a uh, number of times that you prefer day games versus night mm-hmm. games. Uh, I'm curious why that is.
2: Just because he's sitting around all day waiting to play. I mean, you, you, know, you want to go out and compete and, and uh, it's uh, no fun just sitting around for 10 hours, you know, 12 hours waiting to waiting for kickoff. and and uh, you know, as a player, I felt the same way. You know, you want to get out there and get playing as soon as you can, and and no different as a coach. Uh, another, uh, you know, to add on to that road games that are really you get home four or five in the morning I mean that's miserable for the players and you know they're trying to recover and get ready for the next week and to get a horrible night's sleep because when you're getting home that's that takes its toll on them and you know as coaches we can work on the plane going home we got the computers and everything so it doesn't affect us as much but uh, much rather see the players get home you know seven or eight at night rather than four in the morning.
0: Just to follow that up um, does preparation change at all uh, you know when it's a noon game versus an eight game Obviously there's eight more hours to prep,
2: potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't change our routine other than we get them up in the morning to get used to having the, the pre-game meal time that's gonna be on Saturday, you know, adjusting uh, food in the morning. Our sports scientists say that's a good idea, so we go ahead and follow that recommendation. But as far as our practice uh, routine, our number of periods, the time of day that we practice, meetings, all that remains consistent.
1: He's going to be the best running back you have face
2: this year? One of the best for certain. He's really good. And uh, he's a uh, big, strong back, good vision. Uh, he's got some speed to him. Uh, he's tough. So, yeah, he's going to be, uh, if not the best, certainly one of the best that we've come across this year.
0: College football season moves very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. We're in week six now. How would you assess your team's performance as a whole at this point? I think we've gotten
2: better each week since the since week one. We've you know we've talked about that plenty, that we didn't play our best football in week one. But since then, I think we've taken a step forward every single week, this past week included, obviously. And uh, if you want to try to win a championship, that's got to happen. You've know, you got to be able to be on that upward trajectory from game one to game 12.
1: You mentioned Clark Phillips had a huge day. Mm-hmm. And after the game, he talked about how that was a result of coaching and film study and all that, now you're facing a fifth year starter in DTR. Is it markedly harder to recognize tendencies with Chip and DTR rather than what you guys saw last week?
2: I wouldn't say so. I think if you do your film study, every team is, is uh, you know, they got their core offense and what they do from week to week, and there'll be a few new wrinkles here and there, but, but uh, everybody is, has got uh, enough in their core that if you study film, Enough, and you, and you watch enough film, you're going to get a great feel for it, and and, and to, uh, anticipating uh, plays before the, you know just by looking at the sets and the, and the field position and the down and distance is all in the equation. And the more film you study, the more the more familiar you get with uh, what you're going to face, and and uh, the game slows way down when you when you study film. Things become much more, uh, you know, it's easier to make plays. And, and Clark is a great film study guy, and and that showed up obviously on Saturday. <coughs>
1: How Modiabate graded out in
2: his return? Okay, not as well as he can play. You know, he was rusty, but uh, and he was a little bit out of shape. That's to be expected with his downtime. He wasn't able to do a whole lot when he was when he was uh, on the shelf. But uh, he made he did make some really nice plays, and, and uh, we expect him to keep getting up to speed. And I'm sure he'll be a lot more effective this week than he was last week. Now he didn't play bad; he just didn't play as good as his capabilities.
0: Uh, we've had uh, two Pac-12 coaches now fired in season. I'm curious if you had any thoughts, not necessarily upon guys getting fired, but specifically the decision to do it in the middle of the season.
2: Well, when the uh, signing date got moved up, that was one of the the things that uh, was kind of, I don't want to say predicted to happen, but, but could happen because you can't, it's all about recruiting and if you wait until the 11th hour to fire a guy, you got signing day coming up two or three weeks later, I mean, that puts you in a in a spot. And so uh, I think that's really the main impetus for uh, for early dismissals is uh, to try to get, well, twofold. Number one, the recruiting, and secondly, to start your search right away and, and be able to, you know, maybe beat someone to the punch on a guy that might be available. And so so I think that's the reason for it. And, and uh, I don't think it's gonna change. I mean, there's no, you know, there's, there's, I don't think we're gonna go backwards on that. I think it's gonna continue to be, uh, just a, a callous, uh, you know, cold-blooded deal. But you, you make enough money where they expect things and you better, you got to produce. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast.
1: The ripple effects. <clears throat> do you have conversations with your coaching staff about like, you know, whether people are interested in, you know, upward mobility, maybe being a position coach to a coordinator when somebody else gets those jobs? I mean, it seems like every time the Pac-12 job, uh, you know, gets, opens and then, somebody else gets hired somebody from other staffs ends up you know potentially moving do you have conversations with your staff at this point
2: no nothing zero during the season it's all focused on what we got you know the task at hand that's an off-season discussion and really in june you know when i meet i have uh, exit interviews with all my coaches each year evaluations uh, we want to term it and uh, that's part of the conversation is is their goals and, and desires and what they you know where they see themselves three five ten years from now and and uh, you know, because if I know, I can you know help them any way I can. But but during the season, it's just focused on task at hand, and there is no conversation about any of that stuff.
0: Similarly, Paul Christ was fired at at Wisconsin with the 72% winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Is it enough to just win these days, or is that more about living up? Playing up to expectations
2: consistently. Well, I think it's both. Uh, you know, expectations at certain schools are certainly higher than at other schools, and so it's a relative situation. But but uh, you're right, seventy-two percent is pretty. That's pretty darn good. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, you know, a lot of coaches would love to have a winning percentage like that. And so um, you know, it's just a matter of of uh, like I said, it's instant gratification, win now mentality, and and. Uh, that's just and it's not going to change i mean that's just how it is